Okay, good morning everyone. Continuing in our series, The Life and Torah of Our Leaders, and this week we are going to talk about, um, we switch days now to Tuesday morning, so my cheshbainas were thrown off a little bit, but Baruch Hashem, we're recovering from that. And um, this week we're going to talk about the Baal HaTurim, the tour, as he's known, whose yard site will be this coming week, um, Yud Beis Tammuz, um, which I think is Shabbos. So, let's talk about the tour. The tour, his name was Rabbeinu Yaakov ben Rabbeinu Asher. His father was the Rush, as those who have learned the tour, as in we will see, he quotes his father numerous times, Adoni Avi Harash. So he was the third son of the Rush. The Rush, according to what I saw, had eight sons. We will see um, a few of them are perhaps a little bit more well known or famous, but the most famous of them is the third son, Yaakov, who is known as the Balhaturim. Um, he had an older brother who was named Rabbeinu Yechiel. And he quotes him numerous times in the tour. Um, he had a brother who was no was called Rabbi Yehuda. Um, we have inform- we have a tzavo actually that Rabbi Yehuda ben Harash wrote to his children, and uh, we'll quote it later on the shir as well, which has um, a lot of interesting information about the Rush himself. That's um, that's used in the uh, in history of the Rush. Um, and in fact, the Torah himself in Simon Tuf Yud Zayin quotes in a very famous uh, piece from the Torah, in Tuf Yud Zayin in Hilchus Rish he quotes Shamati Me'achi Harav Yehuda. He talks about the reason why the women have Rish as a Yantif. And he says that my brother of Yehuda said the re- a reason for it that um, the Mo'adim were were made keneged the Avois. Pesach is keneged Avram, because it says by Avram, Lushi Vasi Ugais, and that was Pesach. Shavuos is keneged Yitzchak, because the Tkiah Shoifer of Matan Torah was from the Shoifer of Akedas Yitzchak. Sukkis is keneged Yaakov, like it says, Ulemikneyu Asa Sukkis, and on Sukkis there's a lot of Torah to try to understand how that has to do with Yaakov and the Yontif of Sukkot. And the twelve Rashi Chadashim are connected the twelve Shvatim. And when Kla Yisrael sinned by the Egel, it was taken from the men and given to the women who were not as a Zikaran, that they were not in the Chet of the Egel. So that's a famous uh, Vart that the Tour brings from his brother, Rabbi Yehuda. And um, another relative that's brought in the, t- in the tour in numerous places in Simon Memtes in Arachayim, when he talks about the halachim, Dvarim Shebiksav, things that are Torah are not allowed to be said Baal Peh, there's different parameters for that. He quotes the Rosh Hashita, but before he quotes the Rosh Hashita, he quotes his uncle Rabbi Chaim. So these are just numerous relatives that the Torah quotes, but Hanagel uh, in Yanenu, his brothers Rabbeinu Yechiel and Rabbeinu Yehuda, 
that um, those are the ones that are quoted. And like I said, it seems the Rush had eight sons. So now, a little bit to understand where the tour came from, we have to understand the Rush a little bit. The Rush was in Ashkenaz, in Germany. In fact, the tour, it seems, was born in the city of Cologne, in Germany. And the Rush was a very wealthy man in Germany. He was a Talmud of the Maram Rutenberg. The Maram Rutenberg itself is a very fascinating story um, that the Rush plays a role in, as we'll see. I'm not going to go into the whole Maram Rutenberg story. If you want, you could go onto my website, rabbidavidegross.com, and search for Maram or Marami Rutenberg, and I have a very small, about 15-minute share on the Marami Rutenberg that I gave on his yard site, which is in ER. Um, I was able to be at his cover just about a year ago in the city of Worms um, in Germany, the Marami Rutenberg. So the Marami Rutenberg, the basic idea was that um, he was captured by the king of Germany, and he was uh, held for ransom, and for an enormous amount of money. And... Um, um, he was held in a fortress or in a castle, and the Rush actually raised the money for his redemption, but as well known the story, the Maram refused to allow them to redeem him because he felt that it's just going to cause that they're going to continue to take other Rabbonim as hostages. The Maram was there for seven years in captivity. Um, it seems that the Rush, as he raised the money, the king, understanding who the Rush was in stature and who he was in his wealth, um, wanted that the Rush should be the Arev, should be the co-signer, the guarantor for the ransom money. And before they were able to finally, I guess, finish the deal, again, I don't know exactly the details, because the Maram didn't want it to happen, maybe after seven years of captivity, he was going to allow it, but the Maram was Nifter in 1293, he was Nifter in captivity, and at that time, there was no reason they thought for sure they would let him out. And the king refused. And at that point, he said to the Rush, well, listen, if he, you know, the Maram, you still owe me the money, or I'm going to take you. The Maram was, was very nervous, for, I'm sorry, the Rush was very nervous for his safety. And at that time, he decided to flee Germany. Um, the end of the story of the Maram Rutenberg is he actually lay, in, his body lay there in captivity for another seven years, till the year 1300, till he was redeemed by a certain Jew. Um, and that, uh, you could, uh, you know, do your own research or listen to my share on the Maram Rutenberg. Fascinating story um, on the Maram Rutenberg. But at that point is when the Rush in 1293, when the Maram Rutenberg was Nifter, he decided he has to leave. He was afraid for his safety in Germany, and he fled Germany, and it seems he didn't, he didn't uh, take a lot of his wealth with him, because when he got to his next stops, he was... Uh, seems to have been, for the rest of his life, a very poor man, the Rush. So... He ran from Ashkenaz, he ran from Germany, and the tour came along with him. The tour came along with him, and they went south, and they ended up in Svorad, in Spain. They were first in Barcelona, Barcelona, and they were there in the house of the Rajba. The Rajba was called the Nasi of Gaila Svarad. He was the leader, he was the prince of Spanish Jewry of the time. He was the Gadol Hadar of the Svardish Jewry. And their first stop, the Rushes and the tour, and other children of Ben Yechiel was with them as well. And um, they were in the house of the Rajba for eight days, I saw. And in fact, in Chuvas Harash, Klau Chaf Oiz Tezayin, 
the Rabbi Nuchiel writes a Shiloh to his father, and he writes, Ira, the following happened when we were in Barcelona, and he relates how his father and the Rajba had a dinu dvarim about a certain halach, I think it's in Hilchus Trefus over there. Um, now, so you see Rabbi Nuchiel was with them, that's my Raya, he was with them. The Tur himself writes in Simon Tov Nun Ches in Hilchas Pesach when he was talking about the halacha that chametz before Pesach could be bottle, but on Pesach it's not bottle, it's bimashahu. And he says, therefore, I saw Niroisi be Barcelona. I saw in Barcelona. He says that the medaktikim would bake all of their matzah that they needed for Yantif before Yantif in order that if chas v'shalom, a little bit of chametz, would get mixed in. So if it's before yontif, so it's batal, it's not a problem. If they would be baking on yontif, it would be bimasha, would be a problem. Which is like Derech Agav, you know, the um, most machine matzahs, regular normal machine matzahs, if they're not called 18 minute, if they're just called regular machine matzahs that are not necessarily shmura mishas ktsira, doesn't have a lot of chumras to it, um, the machines are not usually cleaned in between runs. There's actually dough that goes from run to run, as shocking as that might be to you, because everyone knows after 18 minutes it becomes chametz. So how does that happen? The answer is it's called lach belach. It's called, dough's called liquidy, and therefore it's but, if it gets mixed in, the little bit of dough on the machine gets mixed in to the next run of matzah, it's bottle. Before Pesach, it's bottle. And that is really what the... Um, what the uh, tour is writing, that he was in Barcelona, he saw the king. this is what they did. Now it sounds like there was a lot, they were there, you know, from both this tshuva, all this was in eight days, I'm not sure how it all happened in eight days, perhaps, it was over Pesach, but like I said, I saw one of the, uh, one of the uh, svarim, that they were only there for eight days, but they were there for, 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 for whatever time period, and we see at least uh, two stories we have here that the Rush himself, Rabbi Yechiel and the Rush, talk about in the Chuvas Harash. And here the tour in the end of Tafnun Ches brings a raya from what he saw in Barcelona to the halacha that you should make sure to bake everything before the Medaktikin so you don't have a problem of a mashu of chametz on Pesach. After they left Barcelona, they went to Toledo. Toledo, Toletula, it's called in Hebrew, in English or whatever, Spanish, it's Toledo. And that's where they settled. That's where they settled, the rush settled there with the tour. And at that time, it seems, the history in, in Spanish Jewry at the time was the, Jew, the, uh, the, 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 the level of Jewish observance was not very great, although I guess the Rajba was the rush of Sephardish Jewry, but there was a lot of uh, philosophy and Chachmas Chitzainius and all other types of secular knowledge that was making its way into the Jewish world, and it caused a bit of a dip in, in, the, in, in Torah learning and mitzvah observance, and the rush at that point actually was he raised the level of the of Karen Hatira and Yadus in in uh, in, in, in Spain in Sfarad. So even though like uh, you know the Rush was the Ashkenazi, Spitz Ashkenazi, uh, you know, Talmud of the Marama Rutenberg, that's all the world of Ashkenaz that is for um, Ashkenaz Jewry, which uh, is uh, myself and many others obviously um, 
all Eastern European, it's all Ashkenaz Jewelry, that's our Shalshelis Hapsak, goes the Rush, the Marami Rutenberg, all of that, that, that Derech. And, um, but it seems the Rush is also very much responsible for Svardash Jewelry um, as well. Um, and like we said, when the Rush was Nifter, he, the, his, his son, Rabbi Yehuda Nitzavot, says that his father was Nifter Boini as a poor man. So even though in Germany he was, seems to have been a very wealthy, wealthy man, however, in Spain it didn't work out that way. His son, Rabbeinu Yaakov. Now let's get to the tour. The tour was with him. The tour, well, he was a very weak person, it seems, all of his life physically. He was a man who lived in poverty. Kalyamov was, uh, was a very painful life. And his matseva, which um, I don't think exists at the moment, but there's a sefer that brings Nuschois, the text of different matzevas of Gedailim and Rishonim. It said on it, so they have the text of his matzeva, and in the middle of what they wrote there, it said, Kol yamav hayum all of his days was full of pains, v'soval yisurim b'chiba, and he weathered his yisurim, he accepted his ailments and his, and his uh, yisurim with love. So it wasn't only physical, there was also financial, as we'll see in a moment from the words of the tour himself. When you put it into the, the, the into uh, you know historical perspective of his life, and then you see it inside the tour, it, it, it means something else. Um, he learned bitsnios. He learned on his own, very quietly, no fanfare. Like we said, he 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 was not financially stable. He refused to take any jobs or any positions. He didn't want to be part of the. Um, you know, to be part of any type of system as a rub or anything like that. He didn't want to take mikupas hakol from the from from the public's uh, finances and money. He just wanted to sit and learn. In Simon Reish Membe's in tour, beginning of Hilcha Shabbos. If anyone ever learned Hilcha Shabbos, and you get to the Mishabura in the beginning of Chelak Gimel Shulchan Aruch in the beginning of Chelak Gimel. If you were with Rabbi Greenspan's. Um, Mr. Um, uh, uh, probably still a few, a little bit till you get to uh, Hilcha Shabbos. But in the beginning, there's a whole uh, Shaila had to learn numerous Gemaras about what you're supposed to spend on Shabbos. Rabbi Kiva says to say Shabbat Chachol, Baltitzarich Libriyos. Other, in other words, that don't come on to other people, other places. Says you should borrow money. Um, and there's a big machlekes Rishayim over there, along Mishabura, Bir Halacha. A lot of, um, to try to understand um, all the different Mamari Chazal. So over there, the tour writes as follows. Many times I, I spoke to my father, the Rush, for a person like me, when I only have very little, I don't have enough money for myself, Vitzorech anila acherim, and I have to come on to taking tzedaka from other people. Imani bechlal asay Shabbat chachol imloi, v'lohishivani dover borer. So it seems his shaila was as follows: a person who's anyway is not taking money from the public, he's not taking tzedaka money. So now, if he's going to have to spend extra on Shabbos, he will need to take tzedaka money. Is that where Rabbi Akiva said asay Shabbat chachol? No. Just keep Shabbos as regular, don't spend extra money. 
The Torah was asking, but I anyways asked for tzedakah even during the week. So if I asked for tzedakah during the week, so maybe I should ask for more tzedakah for Shabbos in order that I should be mechabed as Shabbos. Maybe Rabbi Akiva's halacha doesn't apply to me because I'm already accepting tzedakah. And it seems that he, he asked the, the Rush many times, and the Rush did not give him a clear answer. And then he says a fascinating thing. He says, I found in Rashi's Pirush on Pirkei Ovis, all the Lashon Torah, you can look it up there in the beginning of Hilchah Shabbos. The Rashi is being mefarish the Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda Oimer Havi Oz Kanomer V'kal Kanesher and in the Gemara Masech Psachim, when it talks about Asei Shabbat Chachoyal, Rebbe Kiva saying that you should not come on to other people, you should make Shabbos like a weekday, don't spend extra money. So the Gemara right after that brings, like Rabbi Huda ben Taima says, Heviyoz Kanomer Vekal Kanesh Elasis Ritzay Navicha Shabbat Shamayim. So Rashi says, Rashi in his Pirish on Pirkei asks, what Shaykhis do these two things have? So Rashi says that, um, Rabbi Akiva was only talking about someone shedochuk biyoser. He is very, 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 very dochuk, very stressed out. He doesn't have anything. But the Gemara doesn't want anyone to use Rabbi Akiva as an excuse not to be mechabedes hashabbos. If you push should have mamish nothing, so Rabbi Akiva says leave it as is. But everybody else, a person has to be mezarez himself, kenomer like a leopard or kenesher like an eagle, and to be mechabed the shabboses biyoser. So it sounds like the tour was machria for himself that Rabbi Akiva's halacha will not apply to him, that even though he has to come on to people, however, Rashi is telling us, a pshat in the Gemara, a person has to be an az kanomer, kal kanesher, to be mechabed ha-shabbos karoi. But you see from here what the tour's financial situation was um, while he was, uh, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in Svaran in Spain. Now, <clears throat> moving on to the, how he became the tour. In his own savah to his children, which he calls Teichacha, rebuke or Musar to his children, he writes, Aderech Halimud, and he says you should be very careful to go into depth in all Hasvarim Bederech Psak Halacha Bedover Hatzorich Lo'ilam. Make sure to learn Psak Halacha in things that are necessary. Don't spend time or go too much into depth in stam questions that have no real practical necessity, like many people do, because those people, they just want to get a name for themselves, they're like Lamdonim. But that's not what you should do. Make sure you spend your time getting a Clarkite in Halacha. And in every Masechta he says, you should write down the Psakim, the Psak Halacha from that Masechta. And you should write down Klalim, so that you could understand the klal, so that if you're somewhere else, you'll be able to fit into a klal. This was the derech halimud that the Torah left over for his children, and this was his own derech halimud. This is obviously, as we see who he was, his derech halimud was to come to a klar psaka halacha. And that is why he wrote the sefer called Sefer Haturim, what we call the Torah, the Arba Turim, the four rows. Now, in his Akdama, to the preface to Tur Arachayim, he writes that since the Gullus has been so long, 
And this is very similar to the, what the Rambam wrote when he wrote his Sefer. Um, and he writes that because people, people, um, the, the uh, Gullus has been long, and people learn and they don't end up at a Halacha psuka. Because in every halach and every gemara, there's machloksim and rishonim, and there's no clarity. So he says that he felt that he has to come and put together a sefer where it's very clear what the halacha is, and that's what he tried to do. Very similar to what the Rambam did. Now, the Sma, who is the sefer Meiris Enayim, who wrote a the pirush and the in Chayshem Mishbat, on the side of the page is the Sma. Who is the Sma? The Sma also wrote a commentary on the tour. In two Svarim, one's called Jerisha, one's called Prisha. If you open up a tour on the bottom, there are two uh, commentaries there, Jerisha and Prisha. That was written by the person we know as the Sma. So in his Hakdama to Chayshem Mishbat, the Sma of Chayshem Mishbat, he writes that the tour saw the divrei aviv. Because really what the tour did was similar to what the rush did. What did the rush do? The rush went and made a kitzer of the Gemaras with a psak halacha. He wrote, brought down the Gemara, and he brought down the psak of, um, of, of the Rif, and he brought down the psak of um, other Rishainim. So he says he saw his father, what he did, I'll say the Rashas, but he writes interesting lashon. But he saw that the rush wasn't people weren't able to enjoy it very much. Why? Because it was al seder hashas. It was al seder hagemara. So he still had to be going with the mesechtas. Um, so therefore, the the tour did something similar, except he made a seder halachas, not according to the seder of shas, according to an order of halachas, like the Rambam did. And this is all the Sma talking. And he writes that in the beginning of every simon, he brought the Lashon HaGemara, and he explained it Bikitzer, and then he would bring those who argue in how to either explain and how to pass it in the Gemara, and he would bring Haskamas Harash, what his father the Rush holds in that Machlaikis, and he would bring Kamadinim that the Rush himself didn't bring certain Rishayinim in the rush the tour will bring. Um, and he brings in the Rambam and the Ramban and Bali HaTaisvis. And he brings Chuvas HaRush. Very often if you learn tour, there are places where he brings long, long Chuvas of the rush, just word for word. I guess the Chuvas HaRush themselves weren't so, perhaps, Bimatsui. And he put them there into the Seder of the Halachas. Or again, people don't learn Chuvas Harash, so you don't know where to find which halacha, so he put it into the tour. So that's how the Sma explained what the tour was trying to do. The Taisvis Yomtif has a sefer on the rush called Madana Yomtif. It's also in the back of the Gemaras on the bottom. And in the Hakdama to Brachas, he writes that the rush created this Chibur Gadol, this great monumental work where he brings the Divrei Harif and the Bali HaTaisvis like the Smarot and the Taisvis Yantiv writes Vikam his son the tour got up 
And the first thing he did, he wrote a kitzer of the rush. Sometimes you'll see after the rush, if you look in the back of your Gemara, there's kitzer piskei harush. There's just the, the psak halacha that comes out from all the rushes, and that was written by the tour. It wasn't Klar in the beginning who wrote it, but the Madani Yantif says the tour wrote it. And then the tour did something even more, and he was he made all these psak hadinim halalu in a seder acher, not according to the Gemara, unto its own order, which is the arba turim that we have, the four halakim of tour, and um, with also with additions that the rush didn't bring, and he writes the Madani Yantif, the Taisus Yantif writes, he says, and there's no doubt to me that what the tour meant was that a person should learn Sefer Harash and Sefer HaTur together. Not just to learn the tour. The tour comes along with the rush. He says, just like the Rambam wants you to learn, the Rambam writes, you should learn his Sefer with the Rif, which is also, the Rif is Al-Seder HaGemara, and then the Rambam put it on his own Seder, says the Taisis Yantif, it's the exact same thing with the tour and the Rush. The Rush is Al-Seder Gemara, the tour is Al-Seder Apsak, you should learn them together. Now in the Akdama to Mishpat, in the preface of Chayshem Mishpat, the tour himself finishes off and he writes, V'karasiv Chayshen HaMishpat, I call this last one Chayshen HaMishpat, Al-Shem Vo'etein El-Chayshen HaMishpat, Ha'urim Vahatumim. Because in the Chayshet HaMishpat is the Urim and the Tumim, Uvoi Nishlemu Arba HaTurim. And this is now the completion of the four Turim. So if you remember the Psukim in Parshat Tzitzavah, when it talks about the Chayshet HaMishpat, there are four Turim, four rows of stone. HaTorah Echad, HaTorah Sheni. So these four Turim that these, the, the Torah called his four sections of halacha are based on being the chayshin hamishpat, the urim v'tumim. This is illuminates and makes things uh, tumim, tamim, complete for Klal Yisrael. That's what these are, and there are four turim, four rows in this big, um, in this chayshin hamishpat, in this work that he's given to Klal Yisrael. And he writes, Hatur ho'echa, the first row, is Eirechayim, is the ways of life, and that's daily living. Uh, that's what Eirechayim is about. The second one is Yeridea, that's Isr Vahetar, it teaches you Deya, teaches you how to know what's Asr and what's Mutter. The third tour, the third road is Evan Ho'ezer, because it deals with Halachas of women, which is Ezer Kenegdai. And the fourth one is Chayshen HaMishpat, and there I put the laws and the Mishpat, and that is the Halachas of monetary Halachas. The Chida writes that... Um, for the holiness of the neshama of the Baal HaTurim and the holiness of the neshama of Mora and Bet Yosef the, uh, the, 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 uh, the neshama of the Beis Yosef again, the Beis Yosef is, an ex- is a commentary on the Torah right? From there, the Beis Yosef's commentary on the tour, he then created what we call Shulchan Aruch but it starts off in the Beis Yosef which is commenting on the tour. Again, the Torah is Ashkenazi. He brings from the Rush and, and the Baliat Taisvis. The, the, um, the, um, 
the 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 is Svardi. He's more with the Rambam and the Rif, and that's why the Shulchan Aruch is going to be Machriya more in a Svardish way, and that's why the Rama came along and 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 brought places where more Ashkenazish way. That's its understanding of how the Shulchan Aruch works. So says the Chida between the Tur and the Beis Yosef because they were so holy, Zahu they merited Shakal Meire Hara that every person who paskins has to learn Torah Beis Yosef. Without them, you can't pass it. Now, it's interesting, you should know, if you take the gematria of Eira Chaim, Yaridei, or Evan Ezer, Chayshin, and Mishpat, it's 1705, 1705, which is the amount of simonim that there are in the entire Shulchan Aruch. Now, if you count, you'll find that there's only 1704. It seems that in Chaysha Mishpat, we only have 426 simanim, but in the original Torah, there were 427. I don't know where things got mixed together. So originally, there were 1705, which is the gematria of all of the Turim put together. Now, that is why he's known as the Torah. But what about his Sefer? We know the Baal HaTurim, when we call him, we call the Sefer of Halacha, we call him the Torah. And when we talk about the Sefer on Chumash, we call him the Balaturim. Not everybody even knows that they're the same person. So his Sefer, Alatayra, he actually started writing before he wrote his Torah. And the proof is because in his Sefer, Alatayra, he quotes his father as alive. He doesn't say Zatzal, he writes Yud Sadivav, which stands for, uh, I forgot what it stands for, but it's, it's like we say Shlita. Um, Shlita today... Um, the, the, the Rishonim used to say Nun Reish Vav, like Neiroi V'Yizrach or something like that, and, or Yud Sadi Vav, also something like that. So, um, and in Tur, he's always Adaini Avi Arash Zal. So he for sure started his Chumash Sefer earlier. Now, the, the, the Sefer on Chumash really had two parts to it. There's something called the Tur HaAruch. The Tur HaAruch, the lengthy Tur Alatayra, is actually a Pshat Sefer. It's a Pshat Sefer on the Psukim in Chumash. And basically what he does is he's Malakate from the Rishayinim, from the Ramban, or Rabbeinu Bechai, and others, only the Pshat parts of their Pirush. There are places where they don't necessarily have a Pshat, and he says his own Pshatim. So it's a Likut mixed in. And he writes in the Akdama to the Sefer that at the beginning of every Parsha, I wrote some like Gematrias and like, like little Vertlach over there. Which, for some reason... Um, the someone along the line split them into two, and in fact, in fact, that um, the Baal Haturim that we know was printed, I think, in the um, in the fifty in the fifty like fifteen hundred or yeah in fifteen hundred it was printed as Baal Haturim, just the gematrias and those little vertlach that we have in all our Chumashim. And they put them as part of the Chumashim. And the rest of the Sefer was unknown. Nobody had it. And in fact, the Chidah in Shem HaGedolim, Chelek Aleph, writes that it seems from the preface of the Baal Haturim that this is not the whole Sefer. He says, it seems that this is just the beginnings of every Parsha, and there seems to be another big Sefer to it that we don't have. Later on, in the second printing of Shem HaGedolim, he writes that what I wrote before, I was Takarite. It was Kivanti Alames. He says, because in the ear, in, in a city, Mantova, in Italy or something, they find that there has there, they have the Ksav Yad of the entire Pirish, Vuh Pirish Gadol. And it's a Pirish Gadol. 
So someone split them into two. The Balaturim ended up in the Chumash. And then, only like in the 1700s or something, was they finally printed the first time the Pirish Hatur Ha'aruch which was, and then it was only printed a few times, it wasn't a very common cipher. So it was like f- almost 500 years um, after he wrote it that it finally was printed, his actual Pirish Alatayra. And it's just his gematrias were around, but also um, at least 100 years or 150 years after he wrote it. Um, in 1500, um, as we'll see, he, he was nifted in 1343. It was only printed in 1500. Um, so, so somehow it got split. The actual gematrias and stuff, they say that his father gave him Musser and told him how come he's only being Isaac and Teresh and he's not Isaac and Teresh of So he decided one night, a Thursday night, to write, to, to make a Sefer, and that's where he wrote all the gematrias, the Balaturim that we call today Balaturim. It says that he wrote it in one night on a Thursday night. Um, um, in in uh, response to his father giving him Musa that he wasn't involved in in learning Chumash so much, Bechlal in that time the learning of Chumash was very shvach. Rabbi Yehuda ben Harash writes to his children also make sure to learn Chumash. I never learned Chumash a lot. He writes it's a Peladik thing from the Rishayim in Ashkenaz and in Sfarad for sure it wasn't uh, it wasn't such a such a such a common thing um, for whatever reason what was going on at the times. Um, but uh, so that's where the Balaturim came from. Um, but like we're saying, really the Balaturim that we have is only really the beginnings of each parsha. Um, it's interesting that it got named the Balaturim. He named himself after his Balaturim. He doesn't. There's no other name to the sefer. Um, like he, most people have a halacha sefer, a chumash sefer. It has its own name. It's its own name to it. Um, he was in 1343. He decided to leave Svarad and go to Eretz Yisrael. And he got to a city in uh, in Greece. I don't know how you pronounce it. C H I O S C O something like that. He was nifter there, and they brought him back to Toledo, and he was buried in uh, um, in Toledo. So let's for the last few minutes, let me share with you um, some some. Even though we've said a lot of Tyra already, um, but let's let me share with you one Balaturim, which is a uh, very Gishmaka Balaturim, and then a shot from actually the Sefer Hatur. Um, al Atira, the the longer version, the actual Sefer Al Atira. This is about a Turim that's really applicable. It's uh, it's neged to um, last week's parsha, but it's not in Parshas Kairach. It's in Parshas um, Vaera. In Parshas Vaera, it says that um, Aaron Akayin took the uh, staff and he threw it in front of Paroi, and then it says. They all threw down their steps. And Aaron's stick swallowed up all the other one's sticks. Um, so the, the Balaturim says, now the Balaturim also is always brings from something called the Messira. You might notice that. The Messira was a Sefer that brought down any time in Tanakh it says the same word in a Pasuk. The Balaturim doesn't bring them all. Um, but very often he brings them, and he says a little like of cute Vartira based on how all the three psukim fit together, or two psukim, whatever it is. That's part of what he does with his gematrias. So he says in the Messiah it says Vayivle Mata Arnes Mataisam, and in Parshas Kairach it says Umate Arin Besaych Mataisam. After the story of Kairach in last week's parsha, everyone put their staffs in the Kaddish Hakadoshim, and as we know, the staff of Aaron was the only one that produced flowers and shkedim and all those things. So says the Balaturim. 
Isa b'Madrash, the Madrash says that also by the Maisa Kairach, Bolei Mataharan Mataisa, just like by Paroi, his staff swallowed up all the other staffs, so to Aaron Akayan's staff swallowed up all the staffs of the Shvatim, of the other Nesim, that was put into the Kayish HaKadoshim with his, Uchishaitziu, and then when they took out Aaron Akayan's staff, Chazru Paltam, it spit out all the other 11 staffs. Ulechach loyhaitziu perach. And that's why the other ones didn't produce any flowers. And that's why over there it says, Vayaitze Moshe's kol ha-matais. Matais is missing above. It says, it's re- read as, as, it's written as matas, lush and singular. Lefisha balam, because they only brought out one, they were all swallowed up by Arains. So he's saying they had to be swallowed up so they shouldn't produce any flowers. I once heard a beautiful vart on this Balaturim that he's saying an unbelievable thing. He's saying that it's impossible to be in a makam called the Kaidish HaKadoshim without producing flowers. When you're in a holy place, you will automatically produce things. The only way it was possible that the other staffs should not have flowers and not have any fruit on it is only if Aaron swallows them up so they're no longer in the Kaidish HaKadoshim, then when they come out, it'll spit them out. But if they would just be sitting there, being in a Kaidish HaKadoshim, being in a holy place, being in a Beis HaKnesses, being in a Beis HaMedrish, being in a Yeshiva, being part of a framework of Kla Yisrael, learning Torah, having a Seder, just being there, the Kedusha has an effect on a person, and he automatically flourishes and, and, and produces fruit. That's what the... Uh, the Balaturim is teaching us. So that's the Balaturim Parsha's Ve'era, that's Nagea last week's Parsha. And just to end off, this is also to understand the tour on Aruch uh, Alatayra, like I said, it's, he's coming to say Pshatim Sukim, Pshatim Sukim, sometimes Rishainim, sometimes on his own. Many years ago I saw in Parsha's Taldais that we thought we know that by his right to Habanim Bekirba, that uh, Yaakov and Esav were, were, were fighting to get out. So Rashi says that they were Merivim Ashnei Lamas, they were fighting over the two worlds, Ailam Azan, Ailam Abba. So the Torah writes over there, Lefi Apshat, I'll tell you the Pshat. Lefi Sheyo Esav Ish Sa'er. Esav was very hairy. V'yakiv Chalak. And Yaakov was very smooth, he didn't have hair on his skin. Usa'aris Iksim Liyakiv. And it was very itchy. The hair of Esav was like thorns, it was scratching him, it was itchy. That's why he needed to get out, it was just too itchy in there. You know, if we would say a pshat like that today, you wouldn't even say, like, you know, you would say, yeah, it's a cute, a kid would say such a pshat. The tour says such a pshat, the fiyah pshat. says it was too scratchy and itchy, that's the pasha pshat. Yaakov wanted to come out. So this is, you know, you have a picture of who Rabbeinu Hatur was, the Balaturim, and all different uh, uh, facets over and aspects of his life. And Taka, like the Chida says, the Gaidu Kedushas Nishmasai, they bring down many, many, many Svarim I saw say that it's a skula to be Kaini Yerushamayim, to learn Tor. Some even say specific Simanim, Simen Aleph, um, the Simon that talks about Tfila, I think Tzadi Ches maybe, um, talks about the Nyanim of Tfila, Kenegara Karbanas. They, they bring down, if you learn Tor, it's a schooler for Yerushamayim, it's a schooler for Aliyah Beruchnias, and uh, Bez Hashem, as his yard site um, is coming up, on this Shabbos, Bez Hashem, 677th yard site, as we said, he was Nifter in 1343, Zuchusa Yagin Aleinu, Balkal Yisrael. Have a wonderful day.